Welcome back to Chatting with Copywriters Season 2. I'm your co-host, Kimberly. And I'm Bobby. This season, we have more of your favorite ad breakdowns. Insider marketing and copywriting tips. Interviews and more wacky questions that lead into interesting marketing subjects. You're listening to Chatting with Copywriters, and in today's episode, we talk about how to properly do an autoresponder. But before we get into that, as usual, I've got a question for Kimberly. Ooh, I do love our questions, and I'm always surprised when she opens that way because I really don't know what she's going to ask me. So, okay, Bobby, what's your question for me today? So, Kimberly, the question is pretty simple. Do you happen to have any of those friends that you don't speak to for ages. I mean, it could be months, it could be years. And then all of a sudden you pick up the phone and call them or they call you and you pick up like nothing has changed. Nothing. you like time has just not passed. Yes. Yes, I do. <laughs> yeah. And do you look forward to those calls? You know, even as few and far and every once in a blue moon, they happen. I do. I like those calls. Um, And, you know, occasionally it'll be like, oh, I should talk to that person. But, you know, then things get in the way. And I still like knowing what they're doing. However, I will say that social media has made it a lot easier for people like me who are horrible at keeping in touch and communicating with with their friends uh, to know what's going on in their lives. But then occasionally you're like, yeah, you know, I think it's time for me to pick up the phone. I've I've got one friend I, I do that a lot with, actually. You know, after a few months, we... We hop on a, an epic call for like four hours and catch up. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 you know, those, those kind of, I, I have a couple of friends that are like that to where we'll talk once in the, that proverbial blue moon. And it's just, it's amazing. Yeah, I also have friends that are needy enough that if you don't talk to them so regularly, they're like, well, why didn't you call me? Um, I'm like, well, you know, cause the phone works both ways. And if you need that communication, you should also, you know, help with that. But, um, Yeah, for sure. You know, there's something to be said about having just that really strong bond and relationship with people that you can just pick up where you left off no matter how much time has has gone by. And that's because they've taken the time to actually get to know who that person was at some point in time in your life. You know, usually it's that that foundation. You've built that, you've built that foundation, you know, and it doesn't start it doesn't start by, hi, this is who I am. And then eight months later, it's, oh my God, you remember when we were talking eight months ago and we just met? Like, no, that's <laughs> not how that usually works. <laughs> um, no, I don't. I met like a hundred people that night. It was a big party, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And there's probably some level of, you know, we were busy and in the mode of doing something else. And you just happened to come and you're like, hey, it was great. Nice meeting you. Please remind me who you are. Hi, my name is Bobby, just in case you've forgotten. <laughs> right. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So I I find that um, that's the way a lot of people think about their email sequences and autoresponders, unfortunately. I think you're right. Uh, I've been on so many lists where you get that first message and you're like, okay, cool. I'm looking forward to hearing more from them. And then like six months later, oh, I know I've been absent, but this is what's going on. And I'm like, wait, who was this again? Yeah. What did I sign up? I'll literally have to search their name in my inbox to find out when I signed up and exactly what they were offering because I have no freaking clue. I don't know. You go way farther than you go way farther than I do. Nine times out of 10, if somebody starts an email or any kind of autoresponder of any kind, any kind of communication with, I know it's been a long time since we've talked, but I'm like, I don't care what comes after the but. 
because at this point in time, you've now reminded me that I have lived a long time, whatever that long time is, without hearing from you. That's so great. Not that important. Unsubscribe. You are not that important in my life because if you're a name I don't recognize and it's that quick, and you've yeah. told me that you're a name I don't recognize and that we haven't talked in a while, I don't need you. You have not been relevant in my life. And I have enough emails that I deal with oh, or yeah. enough messages that I deal with or enough information coming in on people that I want to hear from that I don't need you. And if I need your services or whatever it is that you're trying to hawk to me, because that's what it feels like at that point in time, I will go out and maybe find you again, hopefully. Yeah. Inbox zero is a nice lofty goal, but not something I think any of us ever managed to achieve. So, you know, and I, I always love the autoresponders too, when they're trying to get you to re-engage and it's like, it's been so long since you opened our messages. Please do that again. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, which, I mean, obviously that's our topic today is how to properly do an autoresponder. And in order to properly do an autoresponder, first of all, the number one thing that I would tell you based on what we just talked about is don't open your autoresponder with, it's been a while since we've talked. That's like leaving a party that nobody realized you've left, then come walking into the room and go, hey guys, sorry, I was gone. Nobody noticed. Just Enter the room normally, enter the conversation normally, and don't remind me that I didn't miss you. Exactly. And I think one of the ways to really do, to make sure that doesn't happen is to do something what I like to call a welcome series. And that's the first type of autoresponder yeah. anyone should have in their business. Before you create anything else, I don't care how many great products and services you have to sell. You need to have a welcome series. And the reason is, is because you need to have a foundation. You need to have something that makes mm -hmm. people say, okay, I liked the first message. Great, because they sent me something. Most likely, I mean, I, I would say 85, 90% of people who get onto your email list most likely got there because you offered them something, right? You gave them an ebook, an infographic, a video series, whatever. Once they get that, they need another reason to open your messages because you've given them what you promised them. So now it's a matter of building out why they should continue to open your messages. And you know, anytime I talk about email, I always say the most important part of an email is not your subject line. It is your send from, you know, who is this from? Is this an important uh -huh. person to me? Am I going to open it? And the way you become an important person in someone's inbox is you build that solid foundation. And it's pretty easy. You, you create four or five messages to send out after somebody signs up. Pretty quickly, usually it's like once a day, but they're short, they're relevant. And in that time, you have to explain why they should continue to open your messages. What is it about you? What are you going to give me? What benefit am I going to get by taking my precious time to go through 8,000 unknown messages and make sure to open yours? Well, and, and, and relevant is the key, but it's relevant yes. to what, right? So if I go to your website and I opt in for a checklist, on here's all of the foods that you need to go buy at the grocery store to stay on our this you know amazing new diet program. So if the next email that I get from you is the 800 different ways that I can clean my house, <laughs> just because you offer that service does not mean that it's relevant to me and why I went and looked for your information. Exactly. So keep it relevant not to you and your business, but relevant to what it is that 
the, re, the, the person is there for, which kind of gets into tagging a little bit. And I would say um, it needs to be relevant to your business because if you start talking about something that isn't really related to your business and you don't relate it back to your business, while the email might be interesting and it might be relevant as to the reason why they signed up for your list in the first place, your emails are a method to bring them into your sales funnel at some point. And don't forget that. So yes, if you love science fiction or if you love history series, absolutely you can talk about that in that first message, but you need to make it relate back to your business, relate back to why they signed up for your list. Or even if you want to give them a little bit of that extra information about you and your company or whatever it is, it can always be a fun fact at the end of the email. Absolutely. And so you can have this relevant information to them. So they've got this checklist that they just downloaded. Here's an additional resource that enhances the checklist. And here's one random fun fact about me, just in case you wanted to know, I'm this massive history buff and my favorite time period is the Civil War. Let me know Civil what you War? like, right? Whatever it is, it doesn't <laughs> matter, right? Whatever that thing is, this is just sort of off the top of my head. That's not Actually, I mean, I enjoy the Civil War. It's just, I'm not a history buff. So I'm like, okay, whatever. Here's um, one. Here's relevant. <laughs> but yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, your, your autoresponder series is a way for your readers to get to know you, to get to know your business, to get to know what you're offering. And that's completely fine. But it also needs to relate to what you're offering and why they signed up. A lot of the, the people I talk with, they're in the travel industry. So a lot of my emails have content about my travels around the world, but all of them relate back to the reason they signed up for my list and relates to my business as well. Yeah. It's something that makes the autoresponder actually not feel like an autoresponder, which right. is really nice. And nobody wants to feel like they have been just dropped into this thing that gets them nothing of value back. You know, if you feel like you're stuck on the tr you know, this train, like this train is going to this destination, but I didn't ask for that destination. That's where in most platforms that you can use that do some type of autoresponder, you have the ability to tag your audience. It yes. is wholly appropriate for you to send out an autoresponder message that says, hey, if you're interested in this type of information, click here. And I'll make sure that you get that customized experience to get exactly the information that you need. If you're interested in this information, click here. That happens a lot. And I mean, I see it in a lot of the different um, emails that I follow when they have something new to offer. If you'd like to hear more about this, click here. If you really don't have any interest in this, click here, let me know. I won't send you any more of these emails. And that helps to tag so that your audience gets the information that they need from you. And you don't think that the only way to clean your list and make sure that it's appropriate is to have them unsubscribe because you just send them a bunch of stuff they're just not interested in. Absolutely. And, a, and a, an extension on the tag mention is I'll see that as well, right? Uh, you know, welcome series, great way to get people in, get them knowing you, get them knowing your business, get them knowing what you're doing and being relevant to why they signed up. But then after that, you're still going to want to be in contact with them, right? You, you don't mm -hmm. send out those four emails over four days and then not contact them again for six months until you have a new product to sell them. Uh, because again, a great way. You, you won't be remembered because that's the time when you enter the room and you're like, I'm sorry, I haven't 
haven't messaged you in a while, but here, buy my stuff. Exactly. So, you know, we're going to get back to frequency here. Mm -hmm. Uh, I recommend a minimum usually of, you know, once a week sending out something. It doesn't have to necessarily be a full on sales funnel, but then when you are ready to send that three to five sales email sequence because you have something new to offer them, uh-huh. you've been in their inbox. They've been engaging with what you have. They've seen you there. They know that what you're talking about relates to what they want. And one of the things I've seen recently here is a lot of the big names I follow. I like that they'll introduce something new. And then at the end of the message, they'll say, look, you're not interested. You don't want to hear any more about this. I'm going to be sending more stuff over the next week. You don't want to hear it? Click here. You know, yes. giving them the option to opt out of just that one section. They're not saying they don't want to hear from you. But if yes. you don't give them that option, and then suddenly I'm getting two emails a day about this new thing you're selling because you're only offering it for a short period of time, it could be enough to make me want to leave your list, even though you've already done a lot of great stuff for me. So giving them that option, using your tags properly to really, again, provide relevant information to your audience for the reasons they signed up. Yeah, exactly. So what other kind of tips and tricks would you recommend people do for properly building out an autoresponder? So one thing I would recommend, and this kind of relates back to uh, what I use a lot for my clients creating their marketing strategies with the concierge conversion method is not only do you need to know your audience, not only do you need to know what they're asking, but you need to realize that your audience is not one person. (laughs) You know, a lot of companies that I work with, I work with a lot of software companies, I work with some entrepreneurs, you're going to have more than one type of person who is interested in what you have to offer. So being able to say, hey, you know, I want to send, and this goes back to tagging, but this really goes into personalization and creating multiple, multiple options for your sequences, for your autoresponders. When you offer, you know, you've been on my list, you've seen what I've got, but I I talk with a lot of people and I don't want to send you stuff that's not relevant. Let me know which best describes you. And you give them three options. And those three options are your three most common types of buyers. Now, Mm -hmm. if none of them fits and they don't click, you continue to send them the same stuff, right? You send them the generic or your, the version that's your biggest, right? But if you send them those three, you don't have to do a lot of changes, okay? You can send the same type of content and the same general messages, but then you personalize a little bit here, a little bit there, one example here that is directly for that particular type of audience. And it doesn't take a lot of extra work, right? It's still personal, even though it's a mass email. But mm-hmm. what it is, is instead of, you know, let's say, uh, we'll, we'll go back to your diet uh, here. You know, the person downloaded the checklist for, what, 50 foods to pick up at the grocery store this week to stick to our diet? Sure. Okay. So you've got maybe two different types of dieters. You've got one person who's wanting to lose a lot of weight, and you've got another person who's wanting to eat healthier. Those are two very different goals. Yeah. So if you're looking for healthy eating recipes uh, that don't take a lot of time, as opposed to looking for, uh, I'm looking to slowly lose weight over the next six months, which option is it? Okay. And then if you send out like an exercise plan, for example, well, the exercise plan for somebody who is wanting to just maintain where they are and somebody who's wanting to lose weight, those are very different. And it could be the same exercise plan would work. It could be two different exercise plans need to go out, 
but the other parts of the content of the email could, for the most part, be the same. But what you're sending them is going to be very relevant based on what their goals are, for example. Yep. The other thing that I want to mention, switching gears just a little bit from that, is that your autoresponder does not have to be set in stone. Yes. So just because, yeah, just because you write it for the three to five emails and, um, you know, some of my, some of my clients have 52 emails in their autoresponder. So they, so there's an, there's one that goes out every week. So when you first join the list, you, you're constantly hearing from them and that's not necessarily a bad thing, but what, what we do is to make sure that that autoresponder is the most valuable is if there is an email in that sequence that's just not getting the open rates or not getting the click-through rates that another piece of content is, whether that's more information, whether it's a sales email, or whether it's just a, hey, here's just something else that we offer, you can switch, change, and adjust your autoresponder based on the content that you have out there in other areas that becomes more effective. Because the goal, the true goal of an autoresponder is value to your prospects and the people that are on your list and generating business. If you're trying to do an autoresponder that doesn't generate some type of business and or generate a response, why are you doing an autoresponder? Exactly. It's it's changing and adjusting based on the data and the relevant information that says, how do I make the most out of my autoresponder to provide ultimate value for the people that are on my list? And that's, that's really what it comes down to. So don't think that it's set in stone. Absolutely. Your autoresponders are not set in stone. They will change. It's not a matter of, oh, they might change. I would say they're going to change just because Mm -hmm. your audience is going to grow. They're going to change the types of people you start to attract. uh, Those are going to be different as well. And, you know, it changes. That's okay. But if, for example, you have someone, I would just say the last thing to keep in mind is there are people who are interested in what you have to say, but maybe aren't able to check their inbox as often. But you don't want to be, you know, as we're talking about, you don't want to be bothering people. So you can send that message out to people who haven't opened a message maybe in a month or two. Do you still want to hear from us? And I've seen, I've received those a lot here recently because I've just got so many different people I follow. And the answer is yes, because I like to read the subject lines. Occasionally, something is very, very relevant to me and I do open it. Now, it might be two months because they, they cover so many different topics, right? You know, if we're going back to the dieter, right? Maybe that dieter who's wanting to maintain a healthy body, the majority of the stuff you send out is about uh, losing weight in a specific amount of time. Okay, no problem. What you have to say, still very interesting. Occasionally, I'll go back to your website, no problem. Uh-huh. Yeah. But it might be two months that I haven't opened it because the subject lines weren't relevant to me. But that doesn't mean I don't want to continue to open. So sending out those messages to gauge your list, to talk to your audience directly, I think is another really important fact uh, factor to put in. Because when you get people on your list who don't open for a long time, that also damages your reputation. So it is good to clean your list every once in a while, but it's a, it's a last resort. It's a, you know, send them one last chance to say, hey, do you still want to hear from me? Because if someone does want to hear from you, you want to make sure they still hear from you. If they don't want to hear from you, that's okay too. 
Absolutely. Yeah. And, and an autoresponder's job is to help weed out the people that are just there for maybe that free resource, whatever it was that got them onto the list. And that's okay too, mm -hmm. because when you do that, and we've talked about how to do um, those types of opt-ins before in a, in a previous episode, but if that's all they're looking for, if you did it right, they still, you still, they still have their comfort, your contact information on the bottom of, you know, your mm -hmm. opt-in so that they can go back and look for it and reference it. But maybe they don't need the rest of the stuff. And that is great. My autoresponder did its job. It said, thank you for, you know, being interested in a little bit of information, but if you're never going to be a potential client of mine, or you just don't want what I have to say, that's great. And that's fine too. So my autoresponder also did its job in that manner as well. Absolutely. So, you know, brief summary here. When you're doing an autoresponder, make sure the frequency matches your audience. Make sure you create personalized funnels for the different types of audience you have. And of course, you know, know your audience and let them get to know you a little bit. Any, any final thoughts, Bobby? Yes, we've, we've covered quite a bit. And for people that don't have an autoresponder, you build it one at a time. This yes. is not something that you're like, oh my God, and I need all of these extra pieces and these moving parts and the opens and closes and this section and that section. Build it out one at a time. So yeah, it's build each email out one at a time. And don't worry about the fact that some people have these ginormous autoresponders. It is okay to say, I've got two emails in my autoresponder. And then Next week, you write another one and you add it to your autoresponder. And then the week after that, you write another one or you sit down and you write them in batches and then you play with it and you move it and shake it and adjust it. An autoresponder is, and I said it before, it is not written in stone and you don't have to chisel everything out the first time you sit down. Build it slowly and over time. Those are going to be the best autoresponders. They give you the best audience and the best results. Absolutely. An autoresponder is an investment in your audience and it's an investment that they give to you as well. So, you know, better to have it built out slowly and be relevant because that's the most important thing than to put a bunch of stuff together and hope it works. Thanks for listening to this episode of Chatting with Copywriters where we talked about how to properly set up an autoresponder. If you like this episode, feel free to smash that subscribe button so you get future episodes delivered to your favorite digital device. We'd love your ratings and reviews, so take a few seconds and let us know what you think. Also, if you want to be on an episode, visit our website at chattingwithcopywriters.com slash guest.